0: listening to another episode of Diary of a New Grad Speechy.
1: We are the go-to podcast for students and new grad speeches who know a little about a lot, giving you our unprofessional but professional advice that you didn't know you needed. Hello everyone and welcome back to another Feature Friday episode. Today we are going to be talking to the lovely Kayla, She is the director of Eat, Speak, Move, a speech pathology private practice in North Lakes. For anyone who isn't familiar with the area, North Lakes is in the northern suburbs of Brisbane. Eat, Speak, Move is a private practice that provides allied health services to all ages and abilities. So we are so excited to get into this chat. So welcome Kayla and thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited.
0: As we all know, seeing our clients each and every day can be both rewarding with funny stories, but we can also experience lots of challenges. In your career thus far, do you have a crazy client story or achievement that you will always remember?
2: I think this is such a great question. Um, and over the years, I think there's been plenty of highlights, but there is one particular one that I'm going to pick on. Um, I had one little boy come in for uh, referred for delayed speech. Now, keeping in mind, mum and I hadn't heard one word at all. And he was about four, four and a half at this point. And we're about a, six, a succession into speech therapy intervention during language stimulation. And we're questioning Cass, you know, a bit of practice of speech there and just want to work out what is happening for this young boy. Um, and we're in the middle of block play and all of a sudden he looked up really surprised and he just screamed at the top of his lung, male, genitalia. Just randomly, and that's his first word, of four and a half. And mum was mortified. I was thrilled. And he was so happy with himself. He high-fived himself. It was intentional. It was, and he understood it. It was meaningful for him. He was able to locate where it was. And that went on for two minutes throughout the busy clinic. <laughs> um, but um, after that, all the words had come after that. And uh, we definitely put casts out the window with that sort of patterning and sequencing. So clear as day, very proud.
0: <laughs> I was going to say that's a pretty complex word to have to sequence if you've never said a word before.
2: Exactly. First word, front to back,
0: <laughs> voice
2: of fricatives, it's all the shebang. So yeah, I definitely put cats out the window.
1: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I wonder how long he was thinking about. Saying that word as well. It's not like it just randomly came to his brain and he said <laughs> it then, then and there. That's hilarious. Goodness. Yes. As we mentioned before, you are the director of Eat, Speak, Move, a private practice in North Lakes. However, mm-hmm. we are sure your experience expands further than that. So, can you tell the listeners about your career thus far?
2: Yeah, so I started in a private practice when I first came out from uh, uni, and I spent a short time there before venturing into the Redcliffe Hospital and a Moray Field Health Hub um, at the time. Now it's quite enlarged there. Um, I quickly went up through the ranks in terms of senior and that was quite intimidating initially. But I think that fueled my passion for developing programs that are educational and supportive from the get-go and how important that is for the foundation to be laid. So in terms of, I guess, caseload, my experience has been from early intervention and then going to hospital and being in rehab. And that is a different world altogether. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, that would change and trying to get people to transition from, I guess, the acute ward and then eventually going home or trans- transitional care and being the sole speechy in that rehab area where everyone else is in acute or pediatrics. It was definitely a growing opportunity and that was fantastic. The, the bonds and connections of that team are, are just phenomenal. So I think that was really, really important uh, for the get-go is, is, is being surrounded by multi-skilled uh, clinicians and different years of experience and different backgrounds and listening to them and learning from them and seeing how you can adapt into your therapy. So I went from that um, and then I decided that I really missed the continual care from the get-go. So from that referral base and then being able to discharge, hopefully, like that's the end goal, we want them to be able to be independent and out there. And that's what drove me to come back into the private sector. Um, At the time, I wasn't able to find a company that I resonated with. So I decided to be a mobile therapist uh, alongside a couple other speeches as well. And we hustled the streets of Moreton Bay and the Sunshine Coast region. And that was something that brought to light to Eat, Speak, Move eventually as well.
0: Such an inspiring story. And I really like how you said, like, you can really pick some of those highlights out from that hospital experience. So I think it's really nice to hear people being in that rehab setting. Do you feel like the driving force for you to start Eat Speak Move was really, like you said, that continuum of care? So getting that referral and really being a part of that journey the whole way along? Do you feel like that was that moment where you were like, I can I can do this <laughs> and I want to do this.
2: Absolutely. And I guess it's that connection with people. So I found that, I'll, you know, we try not to get too connected with our clients too much and too emotionally involved, but that's something with me. I'm just naturally going to connect with whoever walks through the door, which I find a lot of times I might be, you know, tearful at night if I have to say goodbye for whatever reason but I found that the hospital setting was very much um, a short-lived experience with those people and I constantly wondered about how they were doing at home and who was looking after them so being in the community sort of times when we're not quite sure how they're going if they've needed to move on but overall being able to have that progressive intervention and seeing them hit their goals whether it was minute or large I find that rewarding as a therapist to see it progress over time.
1: Yeah, it is definitely so rewarding. And it is interesting because you're the first person that we have interviewed who has gone straight from uni. You did work at a private practice for a little bit, but you would say when you went to Hospital, you were fairly still a new grad. So, how did you find the transition from uni to then being a new grad in a hospital setting? Because we've only heard from new grads going straight into private practice, and Cassie and I only have that private practice experience. So, I'm keen to hear, and I'm sure our listeners are too.
2: Yeah, I think my experience was really quite special in the essence that I actually knew. The, at what the time was the acting director as well, the Redcliffe Hospital. She, back in the day, make me sound old. <laughs> she, she was actually my CE. So our connections were quite strong from the uni days, and she had reached out to myself in at, back then, um, and said we need more support here at Redcliffe. So I think I felt really comfortable in knowing what I needed from that very first experience wasn't uh, great in support. So then I knew what to ask. I knew about um, asking about the supervision that I'll that'll be provided, knowing that I'm still I was still learning at that time, knowing where to go to if I didn't have the answer, and they're expecting expectations as well and whether that was in line with my abilities and if I wasn't able to provide then who would I need to refer to in that in that case so they that team there I'm not quite sure if you know much about Redcliffe they've been together for quite some time many years I'm thinking like you know eight eight to twelve years these wow. in their species <laughs> they're a really solid team and most of them one of them has moved on into her own practice as well But I think as a new grad speechy at that point, reflecting back, best part was walking into that team and they all welcomed. There was no coldness. It was just this beautiful sunshine and they were eager to share their knowledge and eager to go and make sure they had breaks. That was the main thing too. I kept working through my breaks. So I got in trouble for that. Um, Sounds like my
1: type of workplace.
2: <laughs> they continuously came to the uh, rehab and said, "Kayla, get out. We need lunch break. We need to do this together." So they were very heavily focused on collaborating over lunch, not talking about work per se, but talking about each other, engaging with each other. And then, yeah, supervision was a weekly occurrence as well. We 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 never missed that, and that really
1: helped. Yeah, yeah. it does help. And it it can be quite daunting for a new grad to walk into a well established workplace and therapists have been there for so many years it could be hard for it not to turn clicky but it sounds like they've really done well to make sure they're welcoming and inclusive of everyone that joins the team so that is just so nice but there's no surprise that Cass and I only work with paediatrics so we really do love hearing from others who work with adult clients have hospital experiences or even in that generalist caseload so Kayla what area of practice do you enjoy and do you have any advice for a listener wanting to work in that area?
2: I really enjoy working with complex disabilities and alternative communication options um for all ages so not restrictive i'm very colorful in nature sunshine is very colorful as if hopefully you can hear my voice i sound hopefully sound bubbly
0: <laughs> what Taylor is wearing as well there's like beautiful it's like purple yellow pink shirt is it a shirt or is it Shea a dress, dress. Yeah. <laughs> That's That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I've also got Kiwi, um, to go with my some Kiwi as well, so I've got Kiwi earrings. Um, so so naturally I get pigeonholed held into paediatric as well, um, but definitely all ages if, if we've got the disabilities. I really thrive off finding new ways for people to access intervention uh, that ignites their passion rather than my own because obviously it's my, I'm passionate about communication, our speeches, we love it, but I thrive with if the other person I'm working with is so thrilled to be part of our intervention journey and also achieving their own dreams. That's definitely what I aim for every time. And we create different type of AAC communication boards, put up in their homes, working in sills and different types of uh, caring options. Um, I think that's really quite fun. In terms of tips, if someone was interested in entering into AAC and disabilities, I think it's being comfortable with knowing exactly where you're at um, and if your drive is to meet that person where they are at too. So in the essence of knowing where you're at if you're a new grad, knowing to who you can speak to for support and feeling comfortable with the fact that you're not going to know everything and, and that's okay. I think that we need to really highlight that a lot, that it's okay not to know everything and what makes a great therapist is actually that drive to learn more and to investigate and not give up um, and always asking the question of why. So if someone says, you know, you might have a carer or a guardian or a support worker saying, Oh, well, that's not possible, why not? You know, why can't we do that? Why is what we need to do to overcome that? Um, and I think if you continuously ask that question, the world is, it opens up. It's it all options are, are possible.
0: I think you sound really, really passionate. And I hope that everybody can hear that in your voice as well about the work that you do and about the clients that you see. I think it's really important to be working with clients who do have such complex communication disabilities and for you as a therapist to be so passionate. Like that's the kind of person that you
1: want to be working with you, I think as a client. So it's really nice to hear. Thank you. We have had a few messages on Instagram about PD recommendations for AAC or where kind of is the best place to start. Do you have a PD that you think is really beneficial to do, especially in your early years and when you first start working with AAC clients?
2: Oh, that's a really good question. There are so, so, so many options out there, um, especially now since covid I think um, everyone has gone to the online platform to be able to share their knowledge more freely and easier. Obviously we have, you know, like Pod, uh, I think if we're going down, a, a, a I guess a more, uh, it is clunky, it is big, but it also is robust. <laughs> so if you're going down that avenue and you don't have someone who is able to um, create that form of ASE for you, that would be something to do. Overall, I think having the time to actually experience yourself and and trial on someone else. For me, if I was doing like Prolo or Lamp or even a small little keychain and aid, then utilize it and seeing if it actually works. I think that's the main the main area to work on. Um, it's something that you pick up over time, knowing that your goals are in line of where that person's at as well. So if we're <clears throat> working in the essence of language stimulation if they're quite young, knowing that if, we, if, we're, if we're speaking in one or two words, then you'll also be modelling that as well. So just having that awareness that it does cross over um, and hopefully you'll start to see that functional language is going to start coming through as well. There's a lot of research out there regarding where to start and whether you start more on the core language or the fringe language, um, a mixture of both. It, there's a mixture of uh, evidence behind it
1: yeah. <laughs> And it sounds like because with PD, like not PD, sorry, with AAC, not one system fits everyone. So it just sounds like Mm. you really need to just, yeah, take the time to explore everything that's around and Mm. try and do as much learning, your own learning as you can, because you don't need to do the PD courses to be able to do AAC it's just good for that knowledge so yeah that's a nice little reminder for anyone who is listening that it's just good to have kind of a bit of knowledge in everything. Absolutely. Okay well let's get into learning more about your business Eat Speak Move because that's why we're here so can you tell us about Sunshines and including the location and clientele?
2: Absolutely. So, Sunshine's Eat, Speak, Move is a multidisciplinary allied health. I'd say family, family, uh, full of speech pathologists, occupational therapists, physiotherapists, exercise physiologists, dietitians, therapy assistants, and a client care team.
1: Holy, <laughs> dolly,
2: <laughs> the work growing keeps growing. Um, <laughs> we are located in a beautiful clinic in North Lakes, which is. It's about 40 minutes from the city from Brisbane cbd um, also 35 minutes from the sunshine coast <laughs> so not far just a duck up there for uh, for a swim um we also have started collaborating with a 24-hour gym across the road uh, that does a lot of indoor sports for those with disabilities and has all the gym equipment that we need for the exercise phys and physio side yeah of therapy and also a pool nearby for hydrotherapy so we can expand on our services that we're providing. In our downtime, we also create a lot of workshops. And yes, it might be around social skills or tiny tots in the essence of like a group PT. But at the end of the day, we're trying to make it multidisciplinary approach. So every part of our our business or company is involved in that group. So if it's a physiotherapy group, session that will be usually run by an AHA but developed by a physiotherapist as well maybe a speechy especially if you need some AAC put in there. We have a lot of interdisciplinary approaches to our therapy intervention as well rather than the multi-disc. We've started to transition from multi-disc to inter as we find that we're needing to have a lot of joint sessions, but our schedules don't align. (laughs) So we started to create more opportunities to learn from each other and then be able to implement those into our sessions, especially from a speechy point of view. Knowing how to effectively use OT strategies or posturing in terms of seating from a physio point of view is so vital for accessing speech easily, right? Because it's such a hard area.
1: Yeah, I did an observation of a company that had OT physio and exercise phys and it was so informative just about the seating and getting their body right and one of the clients that it was so easy to incorporate speech goals during the physio intervention and it's just I can just see how it just can work so easily obviously depending on what the goals are but for language simulation and all of that expanding and that type of stuff it I feel like it works really well
2: absolutely and in terms of we've actually signed to uh, plan on open a feeding clinic as well one of our speech therapists is really heavily into our feeding side and just when we did sos i'm not quite sure if anyone else has done sos as well but knowing that you can utilize our ahas and physios from the get-go first before we start getting to feeding so if you start looking at speech pathology in terms of eating um safely then that's also really quite fun uh, to explore and have everyone involved and say let's go for practice that's one of our main ideas (laughs) a dietitian is involved in there as well
1: (laughs) so it sounds like there's a little bit of everything for everyone at sunshine's eat speak move there's so many disciplines there and you see across the age range so really it's kind of like a one-stop shop for clients and for therapists i guess to see you know a really generalist caseload
0: yes that's our aim So we know obviously you've got quite a large team of employees, which is amazing. As our listeners are mostly speech pathologists or speech pathology students, we'll kind of target this question more to our speeches. What is it like as a speech pathologist to work for Sunshine's Eat, Speak, Move? So in terms of like workload, clinical expectations and things like that?
2: Yeah, so as of next year, we're actually opening our new grad program. Um, We've been trying it this year and just, you know, just working on teetering and and find a caseload that suits employees. So what that means in terms of workload is that any, depending on your experience level, but new grads will actually start at three billable hours instead of going clients billable hours, whether that's progress notes, it's report writing, uh, PD, stakeholder meetings, three billable hours per day is the expectation from there. And then over a nine month training program, we start to open up to about, to about five, four to five is the maximum for a new grad. And until your third year, once you're hitting the third year to pl- and plus, we find that adding that one extra to six billable hours per day is a lot easier to manage. And then that in that essence, from there, if you become a senior and progress that way and start having a little team underneath you, then that role will be more looking more at project management and growing and seeing connecting more with our community and seeing what they need and creating something different there.
0: It sounds like you've really thought this program through from literally starting as a new grad to being four or five years in your career. I think it's really nice to see. Obviously, we talk to a lot of businesses, we see a lot of things online and on SEEK as well in terms of new graduate programs, but sometimes you don't always know what that actually looks like. So it's really nice that you've been able to sort of go from start to finish.
2: Yes. And I think also what's involved in it too. So we have been working on this year, utilize an online platform classroom, Google classroom, uh, to put in lots of different PD options for in-house that we develop together. At the moment, it's been um, developed based on what's needed, whether it's goal setting or AIC, feeding, maybe from an OT's perspective and regarding sensory processing uh, or physiotherapy with seating, walking, that sort of thing. Whatever it is needing now, we are putting up. But the idea is to have a platform that no matter what topic that we are needing to learn, that we need to fill those gaps in, we have access to uh, right there. And then, especially with PD, when you can't get in <laughs> every single time, um, or meeting with your supervisor is not there every day. So having having different options to continue that learning and, mm-hmm. and growth mindset.
1: With the new graduate program, they have the three billable hours. Is there certain clients that they just see or are they expected co- to kind of pick up for any client in, in that complex um, disability as well?
2: Well, we, because we generally, luckily, um, everyone has been with sometimes long-term. Um, our speech team is getting up. I think we're eight, eight now and there's 25 of us. So we're quite a dominant side. <laughs> but each time someone has moved into that speech role, it's been a new role. So we generally will have our client care team do our initial consultations to sort out which ones are more complex or who'd be more suitable. And at that point, they will generally go to a senior to see if, if this is more complex. And if it is, that wouldn't actually be given to a new grad. Um, sometimes though, that you know, they they slip through the, the cracks and we might have a little bit of an oopsie where we have a complex family um, or client with a new grad and the lineman might not might not be suitable. At that point, the new grad supervisor would be able to work through with them and potentially take that client on their caseload too. We've had a recent incident actually. Uh, We realized that this family has been more complex than we initially thought with a cross referral. Um, So we've done over over four weeks we've transitioned this family to one of our seniors and that's been quite nice along the way we've made sure that our new grad is still able to learn because at the same time we need that time and experience right if we're not we're not going to grow unless we have the experience but at the same time knowing where that support is and making sure no one crumbles with that extra pressure
1: yeah definitely well it's I guess it's hard to make sure that only new grads are seeing the basic speech and language but it sounds like you know Sunshine's Eat Speak Moves has really nice processes in place for if a client is too complex for a new grad that they can transition to that senior so that's just really solidifies it is a very supportive workplace and it does take into consideration everyone's therapy abilities.
0: On the topic of support, while we're talking about what Sunshine's does to support new graduates and also senior speech pathologists, can you tell us a little bit more about how Sunshine's supports their employees? So particularly more client, uh, more clinicians who work in that generalist caseload, because as we know, you know, going in into a session with a three-year-old into maybe a forty-five-year-old. You're using a completely different part of your brain. So, what kind of things do you have in place to be able to support those employees? Well,
2: definitely, like I think things I take for that we take for granted, um, and but also should, in my mind, in my opinion, it should always be available from the get-go. Um, so, the everyday ones of supervision, uh, um, peer mentoring. I'm also going to mention we do progression meetings. So that can be whether it's like a yearly personal or professional one and generally a mix which then leads into our vibe checks too so we can book in vibe checks i think that's a really I good <laughs> but this started because <laughs> we've had a quite a few uh well quite a few I'd say a handful of our family members join us uh from other companies and they're a little bit more on the traumatized area from private practice and coming into, into sunshine's move and not really knowing where they stand. So I started to do these one, one-to-one one meetings, I called them initially. <clears throat> and in one day, I kid you not, I had three of my seniors cry as they walked through the, that door and I was like, whoa what, what, why are you crying? What's wrong? Thinking something had, you know, drastic, something drastic has happened and that's, you know, I don't, don't want to see my family upset. So I asked them, you know, what's wrong? They said, well, I've clearly you've made a meeting. Clearly I'm in trouble. I've done something wrong. And I was like, no, it's a vibe check. I am <laughs> checking on you. I want to make sure that you're okay. So now in our, we use Clinico for our software for scheduling and we actually named it Vibe Check and it's an emoji piece sign. So I, I love in, it every time time <laughs> um and this is like just i initiate this is something that that our family members can initiate too and in generally i'll get a text say hey can i can i throw in a vibe check uh this week and i'll go on and find that opportunity so we can connect and that's a time where we take our hats off as clinicians and be real and be human and have a bit of counseling moment. So it can be professional or personal, but to be the best version of ourselves, we need to be real and transparent. And those moments, because they are so vulnerable, are not put towards the position or the job or anything like that. It's purely for human to human to connect and, and see how we're surviving life in general really
0: especially COVID. yeah and I was just gonna say even on a daily basis like that is so important in the job that we do so I think that's a really nice that sounds amazing yes and the triggers
2: you know we get triggered as well and I think it's really 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 good to be able to have those options and knowing what you can and can't do not that there's not much you can't do here as long as (laughs) it's ethical and
0: moral and supported so that's fine (laughs)
2: Um, what else? What else do we do? So <clears throat> sometimes we are really heavily focused on a growth mindset. A lot of people have different philosophies and different ways of going about it, um, but we really love that because it's being realistic and acknowledging what is happening, but also not being pulled down by that and seeing how we can progress forward. And so that's what we preach about <laughs> basically through all our meetings, our meetings, our Log, uh, well logo but um, our slogan is connect inspire achieve and we put that through everything so connection in order to be able to inspire someone else and then when you inspire someone to be hopefully alongside you and achieve those goals and we can achieve um, and so that we focus in our supervision in our discipline meetings our reports we put everything through to have that vibe so keep going with that vibe
0: I love it. The color, the vibe, like it just sounds like such a happy, supportive environment, which I think is so important when you're on the hunt for a new position As I said before, it sounds like you've really thought about, you know, where to go with a job. You've really thought about what day one looks like and then what you want the rest of your employee's career to be. Can you tell us a little bit more about what employment opportunities are available for somebody working at Sunshine's Eat, Speak, Move? So things like career progression, if you're starting as a new grad.
2: Absolutely. So I really mean it when i say the opportunities are endless and the reason for that is because if you're wanting to progress in terms of senior role a management role we don't have an end point so generally what our community needs and what our family needs will make that next step and we've proven that in the essence of before covid we were working from you know mobile therapists working from my home and i had two little babies that would be beside me <laughs> And we'll do our meetings there with um, uh, essential oils and uh, coffee and little treaties, and people grab their resources and go to a small little communal office space um, on Discovery Drive in North Lakes. That was during COVID. And then after that, then grabbing our clinic now. Now we're up to 11 offices with different full-height wall of murals, playrooms, a gross motor area, outdoor area, and we've outgrown that already. So now we're looking at expanding and doing a therapy farm based on AAC. <laughs> okay. um, that's nice. um and just seeing what we need and we're also reaching out to Kilkoi too. We've reopened our community options, but that's not that's not expected of everyone to get involved. Um, what we found is we've had met family members that want to be back on the road, um, not family members in terms of clients but in terms of employees. Yeah. So yeah. we've had to reopen that because, you know, we've got to enjoy what we do. we do. We generally work 80% of the time. So I want our family to want to come to work every morning and wake up and be excited. So let's build a caseload for that. So we've got flexibility in the essence of we can we have clinic options community options but also admin days of work from home we have a couple of people that want to work at the office on the admin days (laughs) the more productive they say the less attractive yeah Um, but we look at the next clinic is having all therapy downstairs and an open space upstairs for our family members but still going with the fun vibe all ages all abilities um and all caseload options so um yeah
0: all experience too Yeah, I think it really sounds like no matter what you want the job to be, the opportunities really are there. Because
2: why not? Right. Ask that question. Why?
0: Absolutely. Our last question for today. What is one tip you could pass on to anyone during the process for finding their perfect job? So this can be anything from looking to job ads to the interview to actually their first day on the job.
2: Yeah, I th- I was really thinking about this question for quite some time and there's so much. If I had more time, I think I'd love to have a bit of a, a meeting just to talk about just this topic. But the main one that I'm going to really focus on is is tailoring the, your resume. So if you're applying for a position, tailoring your resume for that position advertised. So um, sometimes we have, um, I guess, from, from a sunshine's point of view, we look for personality. So yes, a clinical experience. If you're a new grad, I know exactly where you're at. I've been a new grad before. I know you don't know everything. So I would expect that I'm gonna provide for you. But then also showing your personal flair through that resume. So maybe it might be from hobbies to interests to volunteering. Take out take out all the experiences that wouldn't help to get that position to. I don't really want to know anything that potentially won't be related to your position that you're applying for but that I think that sort of advice works for whether you're going for sunshines or whether you're going for hospital or whether you're going for a medical hub I think it's really important to match the atmosphere or, or the, the vibe of that of that advertisement I think that one more thing one more tip you No know, <laughs> tips. Wait. <laughs> um <laughs> But also I think the, one of the other ones is in our interviews, when we, if you get that acceptance letter or email or phone call to go to interview, knowing it's a two way street, right? So a lot of times we go into an interview, especially back in the day, when I was into doing interviews and we want them to choose us, right? We want that position, choose me, pick me. I, I know my stuff, I can do this. But it also, is this, it goes the other way too. Start looking at the company's values, morals, their philosophy, their vision, uh, the aim, and make sure that it, align, it aligns with who you are and what you vision for your career pathway. And that that can apply whether you are a new grad or an early career speechy or a senior speechy. It's asking them what they can do to fulfil your needs as well. And it's also how you deliver, right? Direct communication is fine. We're good at that.
0: Absolutely. We are communication experts. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Show that
1: skill.
0: <laughs> yes. I really like what you said before about the vibe in that personality because you really can't teach that to somebody. You can teach a new grad clinical stuff. You can teach them how to speak to clients and you can teach them, you know, how to work on a cut sound, but you can't teach personality. I think that's, you know, that's just innate. So I think that's really important is making sure that personality is a really big fit. Absolutely. Awesome. Such great advice. Well, thank you so much, Kayla, for coming on to our podcast today to talk about your wonderful business, Sunshine's Eat, Speak, Move in North Lakes. If anybody wants to find you, we will link all of your socials below. And yeah, thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much. I had a great time.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode. If you'd like to stay up to date with us, then please give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Diary of a New Grad Speechy.
0: And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review below. Thanks so much. See you next week.